Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein. And Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got another great episode for you. A lot to get to as we were off last week, and there was definitely some notable things that happened. We will, of course, talk about the CFP uh, championship coming up in the playoff games, uh, get into a little Week 18 action and, and what's at stake for uh, for some of these teams. But first, uh, I thought we would talk about the big sale, big news that happened uh, just a couple days before Christmas. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about the Brock Purdy MVP ticket being sold uh, on PropSwap. If you missed the news, don't follow us on social media or uh, don't don't uh, follow the sports betting news. A, I would highly highly suggest you do follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. But what I'm talking about is a PropSwap customer placed a $2,000 bet on Brock Purdy to win MVP over the summer. And then uh, after he had become the favorite uh, before the Christmas night Ravens game, he sold that two uh, $2,000 ticket on PropSwap for $125,000. Uh, that is the biggest sale in PropSwap history. Um, the buyer got odds of... It was around minus 165 when every sports book had it at minus 200. Um, unfortunately, uh, we know what happened after that. Brock Purdy uh, had a four interception game and got benched against the Ravens. And it was kind of a wrap uh, as soon as the uh, the ticket was purchased. Um, and as I'm talking out loud, I'm thinking back to our previous, uh, our previously, our previous um, biggest sale, which was a New Orleans Saints to win the Super Bowl ticket, which uh, of course ended two days after it was purchased because that was the infamous no pass interference call against the Rams that sent the Rams to the Super Bowl uh, where they lost to the Patriots. But uh, Luke, I will throw it to you. You were uh, in the middle of the sale between the buyer and the seller. What can you tell us um, about how about the how, about how the sale went down? Yeah, so. You know, the seller, the seller didn't really want to sell this ticket. And I think he was very shocked that we found him $125,000. And when we did that, he was, you know, he sells a lot of tickets with us. And when we found him 125 k he was pretty floored. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was it was a fair deal. Like people are, are in shock on, on why the buyer would buy this. Most people in hindsight, of course, everyone's going to say, Oh, I obviously would have sold that ticket. Now the guest we had on last week, Sean little was basically like, I would never sell that ticket. That's this thing's going to win. So it's, it's ironic. Some of the, you know, very intelligent people in the industry who said they would never sell that ticket. And now all of a sudden, you know, the way the story ended, it's like, Oh, okay. Of course you sell that ticket. It's like, well, you didn't you didn't know that when the Niners were a four to five point favorite in San Francisco, Niners sometimes looked like a wagon, still do, and they thought they were gonna blow them out. The Ravens did the exact opposite and blew out the Niners. So um, you know, buyer gets the best price in the world. And I had a long conversation with Sammy P over at Nesson um over the weekend over the holidays, and he's like, you know, I don't know if I would have bought that. And he's like and I'm like, Sam, like you can't 
get 125k down anywhere like that would have taken you countless hours if at all to make 5k bets 10k bets 15k bets on Brock Purdy to an MVP at all these different sports books and then great you sign up on DraftKings if you don't have a DraftKings account which most people do by now you sign up on DraftKings and now they're going to be targeting you because you just bet 15k on a heavy MVP bet and now you're you know you make three more winning bets you're gonna get kicked off so like there's so many reasons why this buyer who got the best price in the world Brock Purdy was minus 265 at uh circa at the time to an MVP there's so many reasons why he bought it and it seems like all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, obviously you you sell the ticket. So it seems like the media and the Twitter universe has picked up why you would sell it. But I'm kind of on the other side. I'm like, here's why you buy the thing. Yeah. Um, and sticking to your, uh, your hypothetical about placing all those 10 and 15K wagers, they can, let's just say hypothetically that a book w- was willing to take, you know, in the high five figures, you know, multiple books, they would move the number on you too. Like they wouldn't just, yes. you, they wouldn't just say, okay, you're limited to 10, 15 K. Usually what they do is, you know, the, you say, okay, you know, bet 10, 15 K and then we're going to move the number. So the number is just going to get increasingly worse uh, if you, if you start making those bets uh, at, at sports books. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like la- the prior to the sale and during that week where Purdy became the favorite, everyone made it seem like, you know, Purdy had finally won over everyone. Like he, he had, answered the doubters in terms of whether or not he was just you know checking down to his receivers and they were it was all yards at the catch like he had answered those questions everyone pretty much had had penciled him in as the mvp and meanwhile everyone had just assumed that the 49ers were going to win that game like to say you shouldn't have bought that ticket is the same thing as saying you know you shouldn't have bet the 49ers to win at home on on that on that monday night exactly which exactly a lot of people were we're betting on the 49ers. So it's the kind of went hand in hand. Uh, and so, yeah. And then of course, after it's funny, I feel like the story picked up even more steam after the 49ers lost than it did after the tickets sold. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to report. I, f- I feel like it's just because a lot of people, um, let's just say, enjoy they take pleasure of other people's misery. Yep. So there was a lot of messages about like, basically how dumb the buyer was to buy that ticket because now they have the benefit of hindsight to say, well, like he's not going to win it. Um, and some people on mm-hmm. Twitter literally who are professional sports bettors or, you know, educate the space in their tweets. They, they literally were like, in hindsight, this was one of the worst you know purchases ever. It's like, well, yes, in hindsight, <laughs> like that's, uh, you know, welcome to like, you know, sports and sports betting. Totally. Um, totally. So I, I'm, I was more, I didn't think I would need to explain why this ticket needed, why this ticket made sense to buy to like some really smart people. And again, like Sean Little and Sammy P, I, I respect both of them a ton. Like they are excellent, excellent media reporters in the sports betting space. Um, but, you know, it's just another one of those things with prop swap where there's just a learning curve. And um, it, to me, it, it made all the sense in the world to both sides. It just, and, you know, we, we of course made, you know, $4,000 on commission on a single ticket. And that's looking like a loser. So we're going to make double what the sports book is going to make, um, you know, then the $2,000 wager. So all around, just, just really cool. And, um, you know, obviously I, I feel for the buyer, he's looking like he's going to lose out in 125 K. <laughs> I wish you would have sold it for 10 K after that game, but, uh, you know, that's uh beggars can't be choosers. We'll take the sale. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was I was gonna I want to get back to the buyer in a second, but the other thing I was gonna mention was that uh, there was a several days there where the ticket was up for sale, and and in the process of trying to find the the buyer who paid 125k, someone bid ninety thousand dollars, which the seller rejected. And so I, I think about what if ninety k was the you know the highest offer we got him, and he rejected ninety k, and then you know that 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 Ravens game transpired, and and the sellers walking around being like, you know crap i just i just uh i just pissed away the chance of ninety thousand dollars but so yeah so the seller's looking great everyone is applauding the seller's move uh and then also everyone was asking you know how's the buyer feeling you know he must be in misery which uh you know can't exactly uh say what he's you know his, his current state of mind but he did go on the record uh in a article in the new york post and you know he was quoted as as being you know taking it in stride um and you know Say he he didn't he didn't gamble more money than he was willing to lose. Uh, he still thought that Purdy had a chance um, prior to Week 17. Uh, obviously, I think Lamar pretty much sealed it with his performance against the Dolphins. If if Lamar had a bad game against the Dolphins and and Purdy you know had a pretty solid game against the Commanders, like we could be in a different conversation. But again, that's with the benefit of of hindsight. So uh, you know, any did you have anything else to add about the buyer? that's outside of what was in that uh new york post article yeah no no nothing nothing a ton to add to that just that he's at peace with it he's an ivy league guy he's a smart guy he's a poker player like this isn't this isn't like he didn't didn't project out all the different scenarios that could happen he's at peace with it to me like i said i thought it was a great buy um this thing had you know i i thought that the ravens had like a 20 percent chance of blowing the doors off the Niners, and that's exactly what happened. So, eighty percent chance of winning, turning one hundred twenty-five k into two hundred k in a couple months. You know, that's pretty darn good ROI. That's you know, uh, sixty-five uh, percent ROI in in two months. Pretty, pretty dang good. So, uh, didn't didn't work. He still is texting me. He's like, "Look, anytime you guys get a big ticket, please let me know, and I think he'll be a customer for a long time." That's that's great to hear. Uh, and then not to toot uh, my own horn, but about a month, maybe more more than a month ago, I gave out Lamar uh, at eight to one on on stake or swap, and uh, specifically talked about all of the primetime games uh, that he's going to to have, mm-hmm. and and just the schedule and just how good I think the team is looking, even without Mark Andrews. I say likely has has really stepped up in that Mark Andrews role, and actually like might be more athletic and better than Mark Andrews. Um, so. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk that up as a, as a win. So it does it does pay to listen to to stake or swap. And uh, moving on, another team that I gave out on stake or swap a couple weeks ago was the Buffalo Bills at fifty to one to win the Super Bowl. That was uh, coming out of their bye week after a, a bunch of close losses, uh, and now the Bills are the third favorite to win the Super Bowl. They are as low as eight and a half to one at at certain books. But these still don't even have a playoff spot locked in. Uh, they are playing the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. That game has been flexed into primetime. It'll be the last regular season game of the season. And so the bill, if the Bills win, they will be the AFC East winner. Uh, they can still lose and make the playoffs. But pretty much if they lose, um, you know, they, they could be out. Because if the Bills... The Bills will miss the playoffs if they lose. The Jaguars beat the Titans. Uh, they're currently minus 240. The Steelers 
uh, beat the Ravens. Steelers are cur- currently minus 180 with expectations that Lamar and, and the starters will sit. And then if the Texans and Colts game does not end in a tie. So pretty much three favorite things there uh, to happen, which we'll know by the time the Bills game starts. But uh, it's pretty wild that the Bills are the third favorite to win the Super Bowl and yet do not even have a playoff spot uh, locked in heading into the last week of the season. But the other, the the main Bills thing I want to talk about was that back in November, uh, and I believe we, we discussed this in the podcast already, but back in November, a prop swap customer purchased a Bills AFC East ticket for $4,000. If the Bills win on Sunday, it will collect $22,500. Bills are currently a minus 164 favorite at Miami, which puts the market value of this ticket at $14,000. So, Luke, uh, I will ask you, and I also ran a Twitter poll on this that I'll, I'll give you the results after. But uh, if you own this ticket, would you sell for $14,000, bet 10000 on the Dolphins plus three, or let it ride entirely on, on the Bills to, uh, to win on, on Sunday night? That's incredible insight that the Bills are single digits and they don't even have a playoff spot. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I do like the Bills, but. That's very low for not even locking this thing in. Um, yeah, to me, the Dolphins are banged up. Um, I don't think Jalen Waddle is going to play. Moser didn't play last week. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, I would sell and then take 50% of the sale proceeds and just, you know, re-bet, um, re-bet the Dolphins. Uh, so, you would re-bet lock, the Bills. Lock in, yeah, uh, correct. Yeah, sorry. Take take half of my sale proceeds. Take take fourteen G's. Put it in my pocket. Take seven, and then just go rebet the bills. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's kind of where the Dolphins plus three thing happens, and and maybe you buy it up to three and a half and and lay some heavy juice. But you know, if you bet ten thousand on the Dolphins plus three plus three and a half, you do have the kind of the chance there to to try and middle it, right? Um. And so, you know, if this guy has four thousand dollars to buy a ticket, I'm assuming he can get his hands on on ten thousand on the on the hedge. Um, but I ran a Twitter poll, and uh, I'm actually shocked to report that the the winner of those three options is the sell for fourteen thousand uh, dollars. That came in at forty two percent of the vote, and then uh, the the hedge on the Dolphins and Let It Ride got the exact same number of votes, each at twenty nine percent. So. Uh, the people out there are saying sell, uh, which a is fantastic because I think if I ran that Twitter poll five years ago, they would I think let it ride would be the uh, mm-hmm. would be the or the hedge would be the um, the winner there. Um, but it's just it's surprising because I feel like everyone is now officially on the Bills train, and yet even as a favorite, people are saying you should you should just sell the whole thing outright, not even not even uh, hedge. So. Um, me personally, uh, you know, not this. This wasn't going to be my stake or swap pick, but I'm I like I would swap the bills, right? I gave them out a fifty to one uh, about six weeks ago. I I would now I I do not trust this Bills team. I mean, the they barely beat the Chargers, they barely beat the Patriots. I mean, I I kind of had I had that game on like a without the volume, but I got on a lower TV and they were struggling against the Patriots. So uh, mm-hmm. I think. The people are just seeing the W against in these games, but not really looking at like this team. I don't, I do not think is actually like clicking on, on all cylinders versus like a, a, a Ravens team that just 
you know, throttled the 49ers on the road and then throttled the Dolphins at home. So um, I would I would not take my chances and I would either sell the, for the 14K or I think my choice actually would, would just be to bet the Dolphins um, plus three, plus three and a half uh, and try and actually uh, middle this thing if, if possible. So that would be my my choice. But uh, the second most interesting game, in my opinion, uh, of Sunday is the Bears at the Packers. Now, the Bears have been eliminated from the playoffs, but they have been playing some some great football and they are going up against their hated rival, the Green Bay Packers. If the Packers win, they are in the playoffs. Uh, but if they lose, they would most likely miss the playoffs. Uh, and so I know the Bears would love to play spoilers to to the Packers here because I know that the Packers have done it to the Bears before. Um, but as our our resident Bears fan, Chicago uh, local, um, what's what's your feeling on on this game? Yeah, um, was talking to a guy who's the head of analytics for the Bears at a New Year's Eve party. Uh, they are fired up. They were fired up. They knew that this was going to be the case. Um, we were talking, you know, Sunday nights, and once all the results were known, um, they're they're pissed. Like they, you you know how the Bears rivalry goes with that team. Um, so yeah, I mean they're gonna be out for blood, and to go up to Wisconsin and do that, and you know, these these people, they, these guys are people, obviously, and they know that their work is pretty much over after Sunday. Right. So you got nothing to do for another six months. Just watch playoffs and, you know, go back to Florida, wherever most of these guys are from. He was, I thought that was interesting. I didn't realize most of these guys, like, he was like 90% of these guys that like, go back to other states after the season's over. Um, and, you know, you got nothing to do after Sunday. So you, you're going to be, you're going to come out swinging, man. So I, that will be a very fun game to watch. Justin Fields is kind of auditioning for a role next year. Everyone's basically auditioning for a role besides the DJ Moores and, you know, top guys. Um, so yeah, I, the bears are going to be coming out for that one. So, um, I, I like the bears in that one. It's, uh, I would imagine that spread is like one and a half. I'm checking. Uh, uh, I believe three. It's three. So, yeah. Yeah, three, make, which makes sense. Three point home, neutral, uh, you know, neutral on a on a neutral field. Uh, yeah, I would. I like the Bears in that one. Um, so you you mentioned that Fields is auditioning now. You know, two months ago, it felt like Fields and Eberflus were going to be out, uh, and the Bears were going to you know use the Panthers' number one pick, which they now have locked up, which is uh, another crazy story. That, that that's going to be a fantastic end up being a fantastic trade for the Bears. Um, but Seriously. it pretty much seemed like a done yeah. deal two months ago that that the quarterback and coach were out. And now after this, you know, last five, six weeks of play, uh, reports are saying that Iberflus is coming back. And I feel like now the, the the tone has changed where everyone, Bears fans are saying, keep fields, you know, don't don't draft a Caleb Williams or, or Drake May either, you know, trade the pick, uh, draft Marvin Harrison. But, you know, it's, it seems like the, the feeling is fields is, has, has done enough to this point to to get the job back. Yeah, yeah. So we, I had a long conversation about this too. My my point has always been get Greg Roman over here, and that's the former OC of the Ravens who basically reinvented an offense for Lamar Jackson. Um, but the answer was he wouldn't take a a mid uh, mid year deal. So we'll see if this off season we can do that. But look, if they get Greg Roman over here, um, and Field stays, and you get a haul for that Panthers pick, I mean this. This team could be interesting. So I, I've always thought that 
uh, Justin was a better runner than we originally thought when we drafted him, but he's a much worse thrower than we originally thought when we drafted him. So you got to just play to those strengths. Lamar Jackson's not an incredible thrower. He's much better than when he started the NFL, but he's still not a pocket passer, and he's obviously killing it. So there's a path forward. So, yeah, I think Everflus is going to stay. Fields is going to stay. And they'll try and get a haul for that uh, for that Panthers one pick. Um, yeah, the Greg Bowen thing is another topic because I don't think it's a coincidence that the Ravens are actually doing the best, uh, you know, team wise in a while without Greg Roman. But um, yeah, uh, would it, would it kill the the Bears to uh, invest in the offensive line? We'll uh, we'll 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 see what happens uh, this this off season. But um, definitely, a, you know, some of these games coming up. Uh, you know, don't really mean anything for both these teams, but there's definitely going to be some some great games, and and I think uh, that Bears Packers is is one of them. Uh, but switching sports, talking about a couple of other great games, uh, New Year's Day, the playoffs did not disappoint. Epic game at the Rose Bowl. Michigan, uh, of course, came out victorious in overtime. They were plus four seventy five to win the game uh, on the live odds when they were down seven uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, there was a customer who purchased an Alabama championship future during the first half at plus 420 odds, sale price of 50 bucks to collect 260, and then flipped it in the fourth quarter for $130. So he got plus 260 uh, on that uh, on that flip. There was a bunch of other tons of sales going on d- during uh, that game and, and the other game we'll talk about. But um, did you have any takeaways specifically talking about the uh, the Rose Bowl? Yeah, I mean, it's funny that we talked about Justin Fields and Jalen Bill going back-to-back seconds here. Like, they remind me so much of each other. Like, if that man, you could literally feel when Jalen Milrow would get going, like running the ball, that there was just no answer. Michigan had no answer for it. And Tommy Reese, Alabama's offensive coordinator, just decided to stick with it. Like, uh, yeah, I just, I thought that, getting him on the move, whether that's through a play action or just, you know, from the gun, getting Jalen Miller on the move is the only way you're going to be Michigan. Like Michigan is so obviously the better football team. There's no doubt about it that Michigan was the better team than Alabama. And Jalen Miller was just faster than a lot of those guys. And, um, you know, it kind of ended ironically where they tried to just do a quarterback run right up the middle, which I didn't really think made sense either. But, um, I mean, Michigan looks awesome. And it's going to be, you know, you and I are Pac-12 guys. I, I, I'm super happy that Washington could pull that out. We'll get to that game in a second. But uh, I think it will be a great matchup come Monday night, Michigan versus Washington and down in Houston, Texas. And um, I, I do think the two best teams won. Yeah, for, uh, for sure. Uh, I liked Michigan heading into that game. But I'm possibly biased because I grew up as a, as a Michigan fan before I, I ever went to uh, to to Arizona. Um, it was self-inflicted wounds uh, that even put them behind. I thought Michigan should have been up double digits in the third in the in the second half. Um, I think my thought that a lot of people did not agree with was that Michigan was going to be able to run the ball on Alabama. Like Michigan has a fantastic offensive line, uh, and I think everyone just assumed like, oh, SEC, like Alabama's defensive line will will you know will will win up front, and that was not the case. And it was just you know. Uh, just mistakes, you know, on the punt returns. I mean, I mean, how about, let's just take a second. I mean, what if that at the end of the, at the end of the game, uh, the, the Michigan punt returner, you know, who fumbled the, the, the punt, uh, fell backwards for a safety and that end of the game. I, I mean, 
I thought it was the safety. I, so the rule, they just gave him forward progress. And that's yeah. that why so it wasn't he had, the, he had the, and, and, and Herbstreit mentioned this. He was like, let's, let's, you know, put one positive spin on this. You know, he did have the, the wherewithal to pick up the ball and, and kind of like throw his body, you know, back into the field of play to at least, you know, establish that, um, that forward progress, forward progress because yeah. if he had picked it up and, and ran and ran backwards, like, yeah, then that would have, that would have been a safety. So uh, just, Mental mistakes across the board. Alabama definitely won the special teams uh, battle. The, the Alabama Alabama punter was was amazing. But if you know Michigan doesn't beat themselves uh, in a couple of those things, I think I think Michigan wins. You know, in in regulation and, and by at least a touchdown. Um, Agreed. But uh, speaking of of mistakes at the end of the game, let's talk about the the Sugar Bowl. Washington almost just completely blew this game. I mean, I was ready to to start, you know, doing what I need to do on on our system to ensure that, you know, Washington won and and Texas was going to be eliminated because Washington had the ball with like, you know, under two minutes left, uh, you know, trying to run the clock, you know, get Texas to use their timeouts and they're running play. I mean, I thought they would, I thought they would just do some kneels and then, and then punt the ball, but then Texas would have no timeouts and, you know, there'd be what, like 20, 25 seconds left and make them go 80 yards. They're running plays. And then on the third down play, their running back gets hurt. Like looks pretty, looked like a pretty bad injury. I guess we'll we'll find out more as as the days go on. But that injury timeout stopped the clock. Um, did not did not require Texas to use a timeout. And then because of the injury timeout, the way the rule is, the the clock doesn't start until the the next snap is is made. So it's not even like a clock starts on the ready for play. It was the clock wasn't going to start until they snapped the ball for the punt. So. Now Texas has the ball with 40 seconds and I think at least one, maybe yeah, I think that with, with one timeout and they go right down the field. So, um, you know, I, I post on Twitter, like why are they running plays and everyone's like, because they were trying to get a first down, but like the running backs were like kind of just like falling into the line of scrimmage and weren't really trying to get a first down and they ended up punting anyways. So I don't know, I, I, that made no sense to me during it. Uh, and, and it almost came back to, to bite them. But uh, of course I was following along on, on the live odds, Texas was 75 to one on the futures board uh, when Washington, you know, had the ball. And then about three minutes later in like real time, three minutes, they were five to one as they were driving down the field. It was, it was uh, absolutely insane. Um, But of course, Washington uh, ended up prevailing, uh, you know, even though Texas had four shots at a touchdown uh, at the end there, but um one ticket uh, that uh, has started to make the rounds on social media uh, that we've, I think we've talked about before on the podcast, but massive parlay uh, with Washington on it. Uh, a props up customer bet $25 on the Rangers to win the world series, which has already won Washington to win the CFP, which they are now one game away and Ravens to win the super bowl uh, who are now the AFC favorites and, and second favorites overall. Uh, if the bet hits, it will collect four hundred and fifty nine thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, the current market value is forty one thousand uh, dollars. And so, you know, I think we can uh, both both agree the thing to do here is is sell for forty one thousand and then make a new bet on Washington and yeah, the Ravens parlay. Uh, parlay. But my question to you is how much you know, how much would you make that new bet for of that forty one K? In other words, how confident are you in Washington, right? So, if if you are actually very confident, in Washington, would you be betting twenty k, fifteen, you know, fifteen, twenty k on the new bet, or um, 
would you be nervous about Washington's chances against Michigan and do that more around like the five to 10 K range? Yeah. So, uh, that parlay would pay 11 to one. Um, if you parlayed Washington money line and Ravens to win the Super Bowl, So, yeah, I mean, 10K wins you another 100,000. That seems seems great to me. Pocket 30, bet 10K on uh, another parlay on, you know, the the AFC leader and a team that just destroyed the Super Bowl favorite, the Niners. Um, Yeah, that's what I would do. 30 in my pocket, 10K on a a parlay that pays 10 to 1. So... So you're saying you're not that confident in in Washington to uh to beat Michigan? Um I'm not. No. I do think Michigan is better. I do think Washington is for real. Like the, the logic I had before the game was the Pac-12 was way better than people gave credit this year. It was good. Like the Pac-12 was very good this year and Washington came out on top of that unscathed. So this seems good. You know. Um but no, I I still would lean Michigan to win on Monday. Uh, I would agree with you. Uh, I, I, I bet Washington, uh, unfortunately not money line, just spread against Oregon. I was like, I, I, I was like, I don't, I, that, that spread just got too out of control. Uh, and I, I was like, why, I don't know why everyone's just doubting Washington. I, I said the same thing, uh, against Texas. Uh, I'm not, so I'm not sure why this team is consistently underdogs. Uh, all they've done is win. Now, granted, some of those wins have been pretty, but, just like TCU last year, you know, they just find ways to win. Now, uh, I would be shocked if we had the same result as we did uh, in last year's championship with Georgia TCU. Um, but yeah, I, I lean Michigan, but I, I kind of, I don't know. I mean, I kind of think this, this could be like a Michigan win by three where it's like Michigan wins, but Washington covers. So uh, I know it's kind of like an easy, easy thing to say, but I, I, I could see this being a close tight game. I mean, I, I do not you know, no, neither teams have lost. And I just don't, I just did not see uh, a blowout here happening uh, one way or the other, but uh, I would agree with you. I would, I would lean um, Michigan, but I do think it's going to be a close game, but um, definitely uh, should be a great game way better than, than last year's. Um, and Hey Luke, once again, another long shot in the championship. Right. Great, great um, point. Hundred, another hundred to one gets to the championship. Just the, another hundred to one. Yeah, and, and like, we didn't even talk about we, had, we, we got another we customer who's got a. Yeah, we, we've got a another customer who's got a two hundred dollar uh, bet. Uh, yeah, at a hundred to one on on Washington, where um, I'm not so sure what what he's going to do with that. But yep, that, another uh, that 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 fraternity has one too. Doesn't like the the Fiji's at like University of Washington. They have like a they have like a thousand dollar bet on on Washington or something. That's a that's a crazy bet. I'll we'll we'll talk about it more next week. But obviously, you know, their 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 feet they're in they're at the University of Washington, so they're probably not gonna sell it. But um, you know, I think uh I think there's a fraternity over there that they got their hands on a, a massive future. Yeah, I mean and, and this parlay we just talked about the the guy only got forty five to one on on Washington, but uh I think Washington was definitely one of the more public publicly bet long shots uh i would say i mean you know penix has been around for a minute um coming from indiana so uh i think i think some people definitely thought that that he had a chance to to do some work i don't think anyone thought 
he would do what he has done this year. I mean, he was throwing darts. It was, it was funny to watch on Twitter. A lot of people saying like, hey, I haven't watched a lot of Washington. This Penix guy can, can, can fucking can sling it. Um, <laughs> yeah, welcome. Uh, and, but yeah, I, obviously, we, we certainly have just following Pac-12 and, uh, and, and it's our job. But, uh, but yeah, should be a great game. And uh, yeah, should be a ton of action. Both, you know, so if you, whichever team you like, as, as you listen, uh, there are a ton of great tickets on both Washington and Michigan. Uh, there will be tickets up for sale during the game. The action will be fast and furious. Uh, people will be flip buying, selling all, all throughout the game. So definitely go check out uh, prop swap this week, this weekend and during the game for, uh, for all of the uh, CFP action. But um Let's wrap this up uh, with some more action as we get into a little steak or swap. First up, we will be talking about the Cleveland Browns to win the Super Bowl. The uh, the lovable losers uh, currently 35 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They have a wild card spot locked up pretty much. I believe they're, they're locked into the into the five seed, the, the top wild card spot. Um, I will go first. I am staking the Browns to win the Super Bowl at 35 to 1. Now, again, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I believe that would be what their first ever uh, or first in, in, in decades. But uh, I think they can they can do some damage. Uh, their defense is ranked first in yards allowed. Uh, first in third down conversions uh, percentages allowed in the last five games. Now, uh, it should be the Joe Flacco story is is been amazing. I mean, the guy was literally sitting at home um, and then he came off the couch to to, you know, go what four and one uh, so far with the Browns. But in the last five games, no quarterback has thrown more touchdown passes than Flacco 13 uh, or more passing yards than Flacco uh, at just over 1600. Uh, obviously, this guy has been in, in big playoff games before he won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. Uh, they would most likely play the Jaguars uh, in the first round, assuming the Jags win the AFC South, who I think they can beat. I, I'm not high on the Jags, uh, have not been at any point this season. Uh, and then they could possibly play in Baltimore. Um, you know, if they're the, the lowest remaining seed and, and they have to go play Baltimore uh, in Baltimore, which a would be a fantastic game uh, and obviously a place where Flacco uh, would be comfortable. Um, but listen, everyone knew this defense was great. And then they just went through, you know, obviously Watson got hurt and and uh, DTR got hurt and, and they cut PJ Walker. Like it's it's always been about, you know, can they find a quarterback and um, you know, maybe, you know, Flacco playing half a season and, and he's not banged up as it was, the, was the solution, but, uh, this team is good. Uh, and obviously Flacco has been, like I said, big situation. So, uh, I think this team could at least make the second round of the playoffs. And I, I think could give Baltimore a run for their money, uh, at which, but you know, you could definitely sell this thing if they beat the Jags in the, in the first round. So, uh, for those reasons, I am staking the Browns. Yeah. Um, to confirm, four teams that have never even been to a Super Bowl. Browns, Lions, we'll talk about next. Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars. So, never even been, which is crazy for a, a sports city that's as popular as Cleveland. A team that's been around for a long time. Um, but I, dude, gun to my head, who do I feel confident about uh, and from an AFC perspective team? Like, I really don't. The Ravens, of course, is, is the obvious answer. But after the Ravens, like... 
I just I just don't trust any of those teams. I used to trust Kansas City. They look terrible. Chiefs look absolutely terrible. Their offense is abysmal. Kelsey's not playing well. Mahomes is yelling at his offensive lineman every, you know, three times a game. Um, the Bills, like you've said, have been cold recently. Like, I just don't trust anyone on that list in the AFC. And we'll get to who I like in the NFC. But, um, yeah, man, I think there's value there at 35-1. to 1. I do think they can win one or two playoff games. Miles Garrett's playing out of his mind. This defense is really good. Amari Cooper's Amari Cooper had, what, 260 yards two weeks ago? Like, love Amari Cooper, have the whole time. David Njoku seems like a total clown in terms of being able to stop getting injured in his living room. But, man, when he's out there on the football field, he is a crazy athlete. So, yeah, they have pieces. And, obviously, Joe Flacco's won a Super Bowl already. That, that helps. It just gives you calmness and some attitude of we've been there before. So, I totally agree. I, I will stake Cleveland at 35-1 to 1, um, just because, you know, if you're going to tell me the Chiefs are 9-1, to 1, and they've played as bad as they have, like, I think getting more than three times your money on the Browns makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, and then moving on uh, to another of those teams you mentioned that have never even been to a Super Bowl, the Detroit Lions, currently 22-1, to 1, uh, coming off of a, uh, a weird loss uh, that perhaps could have been, you know, avoided or... The Cowboys could have won it earlier if Mike McCarthy had some uh, some better clock management, but Lions come down, score, and then go for two, uh, pretty much because they already have the three seed locked up in the NFC, uh, and then just a, a weird series of events there. But Lions come up the loss against the Cowboys, currently 22-1 to to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Luke, I will start with you first. Are you staking or swapping the Lions? Yeah, so you look at the odds board uh, from an NFC perspective: Niners two to one, Cowboys eight to one, Eagles twelve to one, Lions twenty two to one. Those are the top four NFC teams. I, other than the Niners, obviously the Niners are a wagon and they should be the number one seed in the NFC, and they will probably go to the Super Bowl if no one gets hurt. But in terms of value, you're going to tell me that I can get twice the value on the Lions instead of the Eagles, who all of a sudden look awful like the eagles look so bad losing to the cardinals at home they look so confused there's no rhythm to that offense um i think the lions are a really good team they obviously lost to the bears which was a clunker um, for whatever reason the bears kind of had their number this year they almost lost to the bears twice but outside of those two losses this team is really good lions are a very good football team third in passing yards third in rushing yards and the fifth best rushing defense like those are excellent statistics for a team that has a very talented roster. The offensive line is probably my biggest concern. Um, that guy that's been in the Lions the longest, I think his name's Taylor Decker. He's their left tackle. He's had some issues this year. I don't know if he's injured or what. So that's the, that'd be my Achilles heel is that offensive line. But if they can have a solid offensive push, offensive line push on their playoff games, they're they're really good. I think twenty two to one's great value. I could totally see them being in the NFC Championship. Um, I will swap the, the lions, um, kind of going back to like the, you know, have they been in a big games before? Obviously golf has gone to the Super Bowl before, but, uh, with a, with a different team, um, the Dan Campbell thing, I don't know. He just, he, he's like too risky. You know, he's like too risky. I just don't know if that guy can like keep his composure and like keep the, keep his calm and in, in a big game in terms of like decision-making timeouts going for two uh, going for round fourth, that sort of thing. I just, they haven't 
you know, everyone, there were the sexy, trendy pick coming into this year, but they didn't make the playoffs la- uh, last year. If if the playoffs started today, they would host the Rams, who actually the Rams are kind of frisky. Like the, the Rams can move mm-hmm. the ball. Oh, Stafford the has, 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 has stayed healthy. So uh, I, you know, I would not pen them in for, for a win against the Rams. Um, and then they would, if they win that, they would most likely play the Cowboys. Uh, again, uh, we, we saw kind of what happened there uh, this, this past weekend, but between just their lack of experience, um, you know, they also, I don't know if you mentioned this, but they got housed by the Packers on, on Thanksgiving as, as, mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, you know, they've looked great in certain spots, but they've looked kind of, kind of terrible. I mean, I think their, their defense is extremely suspect. Um, anyone can, can throw the ball, you know, CD lamb could have probably gone for like 300 yards uh, against them if, if he wanted to uh, the, yeah. So the defense scares me, the coach scares me um, and yeah, just the, the lack of experience. So uh, I, I agree 22 to one is enticing, but when it comes to the NFC, I think it's 49ers, Cowboys, and then and then everyone everyone else. Um, and then yeah, like I said, I, I think the Rams are, are are kind of frisky. So yeah, um, I agree. Fifty. So uh, yeah, for those reasons, uh, I will swap the the line. So uh, that will do it for this week's episode. Uh, apologies for coming to you uh, a little late. Um, next week we'll be on the same schedule due to the college football championship so uh everyone enjoy that enjoy the the final regular season of the of the nfl season uh please make sure to subscribe leave a rating and we will talk to you next week 